0: Thank you, Ensemble. I'm always touched when I'm able to see that video and to remember and think of those great people that we love that either have served or are still serving our land. And This morning, I want to share a message with you I've entitled, For America to Continue to be Great, America Must Turn to the Great One. And so I want to take a single verse, I want to ask you to stand in God's honor. Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Let's pray. God, thank You for allowing us to be here today. Thank You for allowing us to live in this great land. Father, we just turn to you, Lord. God, you are the one who has blessed us. And Father, may our lives be a blessing to you. Because Father, when we cease to be a blessing to you, the blessing will no longer be, Lord. We'll find ourselves in trouble. And the signs are already evident. And I just pray, Father, you turn our hearts to you, the living one. Thank you, Father, for blessing us, and Lord, help us see that blessing and to continue to be a part of the blessing known as Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, I I remember when God started dealing with me as I was just going into college, the possibility of. Um, doing some kind of vocational ministry. I was reading this book by a guy named Charles G. Finney who was a lawyer and God got a hold of him when somebody asked him the question, uh, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, uh, this is when he was young, he said, well, I'm going to study law. And He says, what then? And he says, well, I'm going to set up a law practice. And he said, what then? And he said, well, I'm going to make a lot of money. He said, what then? He said, well, by then I hope I have a, a family and, and I'm happy with him. He goes, what then? He said, well, I guess I'll continue in my practice. What then? He said, well, I, I guess I'll retire. What then? He said, I guess I'll die. And he says, what then? And, and God got a hold of him, man. Changed his heart and, and changed his focus. And, and and God started using him. I remember reading, he he walked into this factory and they had to shut the place down for three days for revival. So I thought, man, Lord, that's what I want. And I was working at General Electric at the time, this lighting factory my dad worked at for the summer. And I thought, I'll just walk in General Electric and God, you'll start a revival. They'll shut that place down. So I mean, I prayed and I fasted and I was just wanting to be real spiritual, you know, full of Jesus and all that stuff. Well, I walked in there and I'm not even sure a light shut down. You know? didn't work like I had planned. I often wonder with the prophets, can you imagine if God spoke to you and said, I want you to be a prophet. I want you to be the one who speaks my truth. Who just tells it like it is. Where people really are with a living God. And especially at a time when people aren't walking with God, but turning away from God and ignoring God and living as if He doesn't even exist. I mean, that was the job the prophets had, guys. God had called Israel to be His nation, His people, His place, but they they would no longer listen to God. They would do their own thing, and they would leave God out. And then God would bring a spiritual spanking. But before it got to that point, these guys, known as the prophets, uh, we know a lot of them in the scriptures—Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, so forth. But what a job! I mean, imagine, you know, you couldn't write a book that says how to make friends and influence people when you're telling people that they have no time for God, that they don't listen to Him, that they're running away from Him. People don't want to hear that, so people get mad. It's a tough, tough job. It's a tough job today. Because quite honestly, as I look around our land, I see a lot of signs that God is not the one worshipped. God is not the one honored. Some time ago, um, our president was speaking to the Turkish press and it seems to me he was trying to impress the Muslim community and he said these words. He says, although we have a very large Christian population, we do not consider ourselves a Christian nation, or a Jewish nation, or a Muslim nation, we consider ourselves a nation of citizens who are bound by ideals and a set of values. Well, our President may have said those words, but he must not know American history very well. Because if you look at the heart of American history, how this nation started and the people that God used, that God set in place to birth this great land of ours. God certainly wasn't left out of it. And it certainly wasn't Muslims or atheists or Buddhists, but it was those who believed fully and wholly on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and guys, I I just want to share a whole bunch of, of quotes that... Just seem to be left out of modern history books. You probably won't hear a lot of this stuff in our schools or in the news, television, or in other public places. Uh, This is John Hancock from the Declaration of Independence. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, uh, that's kind of a Presbyterian way, our brothers and sisters, of, of being able to say of God Himself, God the Father. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and sacred honor. The first president, George Washington, said these words It is impossible to govern rightly a nation without God and the Bible. Can you imagine that today, guys? In our land, coming from local politicians, coming from the uh, Capitol Hill, it's impossible to govern a nation without the Bible, without God. Guys, things have changed. Things have changed. Now I want you to notice, he didn't say it's impossible to govern. Man, you can govern, but as our focal verse says today, Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous rule, the people thrive. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. There's a lot of signs of pain among us because God is left out of our land. Uh, Even 68 years after the Declaration of Independence, listen to this quote from the Supreme Court. The Bible, and especially the New Testament, should be read and taught as divine revelation. Otherwise, where will purest and finest principles of morality be learned so clearly or so perfectly as from the New Testament? Now, this is the Supreme Court, guys. (laughs) 68 years after the Declaration of Independence. Here's a quote from Daniel Webster. If there's anything in my thoughts or style to commend, the credit is due to my parents for instilling in me an early love of the Scriptures. If we abide by the principles taught in the Bible, our country will go on prospering and to prosper. But if we and our posterity neglect its instructions and authority, no man can tell how sudden a catastrophe may overwhelm us and bury all our glory in profound obscurity. Man. These guys, could, as a prophet, could see ahead in the future. What happens when God's left out? Daniel Webster said, profound obscurity when God's not worshipped and in the picture. Uh, Here's a pledge from Benjamin Franklin. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it possible that an empire can rise without his aid? and probably the president that I love to read about and hear about the most, Abraham Lincoln, said these words. He said, When I left Springfield to assume the presidency, I asked the people to pray for me. I was not a Christian. When I buried my son the severest trial of my life, I was not a Christian. But when I went to Gettysburg and saw the graves of thousands of our soldiers, I then and there consecrated myself to Jesus Christ. Man, don't tell me that those who were before us, that our leaders before us, didn't care about God. Or that they didn't care about Jesus Christ. It's, it's all through our history. matter of fact, guys, I want to take a little time and just share with you from some of the charters of the original colonies. Of Virginia, Declaration of Rights, 1776. That religion... Or the duty which we owe to our Creator and the manner of discharging it can be directed by reason and conviction, not by force or violence. And therefore, all men are equally entitled to the free exercise of religion according to the dictates of conscience and that it is the mutual duty of all to practice Christian forbearance, love and charity towards each other. That's our beloved Virginia. Guys, here's from Massachusetts, 1780. "'It is the right as well as the duty of all men in society publicly and at stated seasons to worship the supreme being, the great creator, and the preserver of the universe. And no subject shall be hurt, molested, or restrained in his person, liberty, or estate for worshiping God in the manner and season most agreeable to the dictates of his own conscience.'" or for his religious profession or sentiments, provided he doth not disturb the public peace or obstruct others in their religious worship. And every denomination of Christians, demeaning themselves peaceably and as good subjects of the commonwealth, shall be equally under the protection of the law, and no subordination of any one sect or denomination to another shall ever be established by law. Here's This is chapter 6, article 1. Listen to this. Any person chosen governor, lieutenant governor, counselor, senator, or representative and accepting the trust shall, before he proceed to execute the duties of his place or office, make and subscribe to the following declaration. I, and then a blank for their name, do declare that I believe the Christian religion. Wow! Here's some more guys. Here's from the Maryland State Constitution. This is Article 35 that no other test or qualification ought to be required on admission to any office of trust or profit than such oath of support and fidelity to this state and such oath of office as shall be directed by this convention or the legislature of this state and a declaration of a belief in the Christian religion. Man, this is this is our history. This is where we came from, right from uh, these constitutions. Here's from Delaware, Declaration of Rights and Fundamental Rule, 1776. That all persons professing the Christian religion ought forever to enjoy equal rights and privileges in this state. Um, It says, Senate provided nevertheless that no person shall be capable of being elected a senator who is not of the Protestant religion, House of Representatives. Every member of the House of Representatives shall be of the Protestant religion. Um, this is New Hampshire, 1784. And here's my home state, North Carolina. Uh, that no person who shall deny the being of God or the truth of the Protestant religion or the divine authority of the Old and New Testaments, good old Bible, or who shall hold religious principles incompatible with the freedom and safety of the state shall be capable of holding any office or place of trust or profit in the civil department within this state. Now what's being said? That Our founding fathers, those who were before us, who God placed there, said there is no way to ruin a land and to prosper and to do it the right way if we leave Jesus out of it. It just can't happen. And it's just so clear. It's just so evident, guys. I love this one. This is from South Carolina, 1778. First, that there's one eternal God and a future state of rewards and punishments... Can you imagine that coming from the government? Guys, there is a God. And what you do is going to determine what you're going to face. Can you imagine? Uh, Number two, that God is publicly to be worshipped. Can can you just see? Can you just see uh, on the uh, uh, political channel, news channel? Guys, we want you all to be in church. We're going to have to find you. Man... Third, that the Christian religion is the true religion. Man, talk about boldness. These people were saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no other way to the Father. Fourth, that the Holy Scriptures of the Old and New Testaments are of divine inspiration and are the rule of faith and practice. Get on there, South Carolina. I love you more. Number five that it is lawful and the duty of every man being thereunto called by those that govern to bear witness to the truth. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. And one more. Pennsylvania, uh, Constitution 1776, section 10. Shall each representative, before they proceed to business, take the following oath or affirmation. (laughs) I do believe in one God, the Creator, and governor of the universe, the rewarder of the good, and punisher of the wicked. And I do acknowledge the Scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be given by divine inspiration. And no further or other religious test shall ever hereafter be required of any civil officer or magistrate in this state. Man, that's just some amazing stuff. Basically, those before us, those God used to pave the way, they said clearly, man, if you take the Bible out, there's no law, there's no peace, there's no order, only chaos, only anarchy. Because God is a God who's got it together and we don't and we need Him in our lives. It's just that simple. Guys, And although we hear today that this land was founded not by Christians or by those who believe in Jesus, but by a diversity of people, they almost make it appear that there's Muslims and and Buddhists and atheists and a horde of all other kinds of religious and ethnic groups that drove the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Founding Fathers. But that's just not true! It's just not true. And and can you imagine, I mean, that those who gave of themselves, who who died for this land and who died for this idea of freedom that we so love and, and that we so enjoy, it's like saying, can you imagine being able to look back and to say to those, we're going to rewrite what you did. We're going to take away your sacrifice. We're going to take away the truth upon which you devoted your life. And we're going to change it. Because we know what's better. So we're going to rewrite it. It's not a time for warm fuzzies in our land. Guys, we are in a state of turmoil. And it's quite this simple. We need to repent. We're in this mess because God's not in our lives. Not only do we need to repent, we need revival. And when we repent, guys we we don't just start coming down the aisle, we go across the aisle, we hug, we make up, we get things right, and and then God's people get on fire and and, and he goes out there, and you know often we think of revival, we think of, of people who are getting saved and moving, and that happens. but let me tell you what happens first: before people start getting saved, people start waking up god 's people become alive. They remember him, and they they turn to him, and they get things straight inside and amongst each other. And and God just he just works. And it's not a day to be a prophet, man. It's a day to be shot down. It may be a day to end up in jail, and that may be around the corner for many of us. There may be a day, and it may not be that far up, where far off, where for me saying this, I could end up in jail. But guys, there is a truth that we have to we have to stand to. So what's the answer? Where, what's God want? thought of a couple of verses. I uh, told my wife this morning, one that's been on my mind, is from the prophet Joel. In Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, the Lord's speaking through His mouthpiece, the prophet Joel, and He says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with weeping, Fasting and mourning. He says, Rend your heart and not your garments. Man, don't just put on a political show. Rend your heart, tear your heart. Just be honest and broken before God. And then he goes on, he says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Guys, as we look around us, as we see the social ills that plague us, as we look around us and we see the economic downturn that we're faced with. As we look around us and we see churches that are cold. That, that are not alive in Jesus Christ. And we see families that are broken and hurting. It's because God is hes, he's not being loved. We're, we're not turning to the truth. We're turning away from the One who is truth. And, and we've got to wake up. We have to turn back to Him. If my people who are called by my name will, will do what? God, humble yourself. Pray. Turn from your wicked ways. And don't let God work. That's His heart. Uh, another verse here. This is a from Lamentations. Written by the prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. Return us to Yourself, O Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. Unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. Wow! That last part, guys, verse 22, scary stuff. Unless you've utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. Oh God, show mercy on us. We're a hard-headed bunch. We're self-centered. We want our way. We cry out to you when we're hurting. Otherwise, we just forget you're there. And can you go too far? Can you push God too far? Can His judgment come and it not be reversed? Well, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't give you the direct answer to that. But I can tell you this: If we don't turn to God, we're gonna face God, and we're gonna we're gonna face His spiritual spanking, His divine judgment. And, and, and guys, we gotta we've got to turn to Him. I love this prayer Jeremiah. He says, restore us to Yourself, O Lord. What a great prayer. God, restore me to You. God, restore me to You. So that we may return. So I might return to You, Lord. Renew our days as of old. That we might once again really give God the credit. And turn our lives to Him where, where we belong and where our land belongs. Before this nation can change, I've got to change. So do you. This is God's call. I want to uh, read to you. One historian, as I was studying for this, talked about the normal progression or cycle of a people. And as you listen to this, guys, uh, man, it, it it just sounds so contemporary, so much like today. First cycle, people start in bondage; they're trapped. Nowhere else to look but up. So they cry out to God from bondage. And they move from bondage to faith. From faith they move to courage because they begin to see God work and to bless. From courage they move to liberty. There's, there's freedom and they're looking to God. And, and so there's this newfound freedom delivered from bondage because they look to God and found His mercy and His blessing. From liberty to abundance the result of that blessing is abundance. Man, don't we have a lot? God has blessed us. From abundance to selfishness. I always think of that quote, uh, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. And that tends to be our heart. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. I'll let somebody else do it. I know people are hurting, but I'll wait for somebody else to meet the need. From selfishness to complacency. What happens when we're selfish? It's all about me. Guys, I don't have time for you or for God. From complacency to apathy. It's what happens next. As long as I'm okay, it doesn't matter. And this one really struck me. From apathy to dependence on the government. I'm not going to give you a lot of commentary on that. From apathy to dependence on the government. And from dependence back to bondage. What are we going to do about it? Where are you? Personally, where are you? Where are you along this chain of events? If you're in bondage, there's a way to be set free. His name is Jesus Christ. But it's more than just an intellectual ascent. It's a giving of the heart and the will and the trust in Him. And uh, this time of invitation, we call it a time to respond to God. is to say, God, I believe You are the way, the truth, and the life. I believe what Jesus did on the cross paid for it all. And I place my full confidence there. And I want that forgiveness. And time for You to do that, to pray for that. This altar is open. Guys, if you are burdened, broken over the state of our land, and like me, you would love to see us Go to repentance, to revival, and a wonderful refreshing of God. The altar's open. The best way to fight is not with fists, but with knees that are worn, that pray, that seek God. I don't know how God's spoken to you. I just want all of us to be obedient. It may be that uh, you've come here for a while and God says, this is a place I want you to be at. King's Way, uh, to serve Him. Come, would love for you to be a part of this church family. Uh, maybe you haven't been baptized. That's a step in following Him. I've trusted Jesus, but I haven't publicly shown that by being baptized. Love to have a part of that. Guys, we just want God to be exalted and uplifted around here, okay? That's wanting the King's Way at King's Way. And, uh, may it be our heart. For America to be great, America must turn to the Great One we do that, let's pray. Lord, thank You. God, I love You. And I'm just a mess, Lord. But fortunately, You clean up messes. It's called Calvary. It's called the cross. And You said, it is finished. That sin problem was finished. I just have to receive it. Thank you for making my heart aware of that. I pray here this morning, Lord, for one who just now got it, understands it, that that person will say yes to Jesus. We'll say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, live in my heart, make me new. Uh, Father, that this concern we have over our land, Lord, Father, give us a burden to pray. Give us convictions to follow. And Father, a heart to do what's right. Lord, America is great. Still, so blessed, and and Lord, I'm I'm not a pessimist. I don't believe that we're beyond hope. I believe, Lord, that you're still in the business of, uh, of bringing blessing, Lord, and, and and that you will hear us if we turn to you. And I just pray that happen, God. I can't do it, but Lord, you can you can change hearts, God. And so, Father, we just break ourselves before you, Lord. We humble ourselves and we just say, Lord, Jesus, bring Your Spirit. Break us, Lord, that we might turn to You. That we might be honest about our true condition. God, may You just have Your way, Lord. Lord, thank You for a time, Lord, to worship You this morning. And during this time, we call invitation. May we respond to what You're saying, Lord, and may we come. In Your name we pray. Amen.